Hey everyone, welcome to the Creative Outsiders Podcast, where we connect the dots for women storytellers. Basically, we want to show you it's possible to live your filmmaking dreams. And today I'm excited, one, because I get to sit down and chat with someone who actually is in Virginia like I am. You know, usually everybody else is like on the West Coast or Atlanta. So I'm excited that it's somebody else that's from Virginia today. And her name is Meta. She is a producer, (laughs) cinematographer, editor, and director. You've seen her work on WCVE and PBS Richmond. And she is also a part of Who's Johnny Creative, a multimedia company based out of Virginia. Welcome, Meta, to the podcast. Hi. (laughs) I'm so nervous. (laughs) Don't be. Okay, we're going to talk like old friends. Cool. (laughs) Relax. It's all right. (laughs) Reel it in. It's all good. So I always like to start the podcast um, out by like just asking questions that most people want to know. And they're like, kind of like, I'm afraid or I don't have another filmmaker to ask. So I want to ask you, what does a typical day look like for you as a filmmaker creative? Typical day for me is a lot of running around Um, for the show. My main gig is with uh, Virginia Currents, and I'm a story producer. So our style is very run and gun. Um, So I guess with that process, it's a lot of research. And then I pitch my idea for a feature to my managing producer, get a yay or a nay. And then um, I guess I proceed to start planning. And then uh, the day of the shoot, it's a sit-down interview. Um, most, for the majority of the time, most of the time, I do work by myself. Um, I'll say mm, about 60% of the time, 60-70% of the time, I work um, by myself. So, so I'm shooting and interviewing and um, paying attention to the sound all at the same time. And also making sure that the interviewee feels comfortable too. Um, so it's a blessing when I am able to have some help. <laughs> so I'm not um, seem, seeming a little too frazzled. Um, and then after that, I'll, I'll just let the person know that I need to shadow them, get them in their natural habitat and to just pretend that I don't exist, even though my camera's like right there, you know, <laughs> inside of their face, you know, like I'm not here. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's pretty much it. It's, um, yeah, it's very, because it's, I, I guess because it is like a documentary style, I have an idea of what I need and what I am going to, sh- and what I, what I need and how to shoot it, but I still don't know what that person is going to do or really be like until I get there, like the entire scenario until I get there. Um, So it's a lot of being able to adapt. Um, And I try my best to adapt to the person um, that I'm shooting. Mm -hmm. Like instead of, um, because I don't use a lot of lights and things of that nature. Um, And instead of saying, oh, can you do that over again? Or do you mind, you know, cheating over to the left a bit or the right? 
I, it's a lot of me moving around them. Um, so when I do have opportunities to work on uh, more scripted things, I'm just like, wow, this is an entirely new world. It's pretty cool. Yes. <laughs> seeing, seeing how everything is just like pre-planned. I'm just like, what? Okay, let's rewind a little bit because mm-hmm. you went into like what you do currently. But how did you, because we have a lot of women who listen that may mm-hmm. be considering filmmaking at whatever they want to do, whether it's directing, yeah. whether it's producing, and some of them might be at a later stage in life or even mm. have some that are um, younger. But how did you know that filmmaking was your thing? Like, what was your defining moment to say that you knew this is what you wanted to do? Man, well, <laughs> I tell people that this career chose me because this wasn't what I went to VCU for at all. Um, I wanted to be a graphic designer. Um, my first creative love was um, drawing. So that's what I initially went to VCU for. And in, back in the day when I was at <laughs> <in> VCU, <laughs> you had to apply to AFO. And then after that, you get your portfolio together and then you apply for your particular discipline. Um, and at the time, they just kind of threw all the, I know rejects is a strong word, but this is how I felt. So, you know, mm-hmm. um, they just kind of threw the rejects into sculpture department. Mm-hmm. Um, and not saying people who are in sculpture are rejects. I just wanted to clarify that. Just, <laughs> just those people who did not make it into like, it, whatever, if they were applying for, you know, fashion design or interior design, if they didn't make into that, they got plopped into the sculpture department. Um, but that was like the best, best, best thing that ever happened to me. Um, because if I remember correctly, the sculpture department was kind of switching up how they did things and they were adding a different component to their, um, to the school, which was extended media. So they had um, kinetic imaging classes. If you wanted to learn how to use animation, if you want to learn computer graphics, they had a lot of short courses you could try and they had a video tech course. It's like a little, I feel like it might've been a, maybe three, three months to a three month course. And I remember just when I was younger, when I would ever watch movies, I would always, always want to know how they were shot. Mm -hmm. I was always like, well, so did they shoot this one person and then they shoot this person and they just go back and forth and back and forth. So I just was like, well, I guess I'll take this class and see what it's talking about. You know what I mean? And, um, and I really enjoyed it. This is when they had the, the two tape decks using the beta tapes and all that stuff. Um, and I enjoyed it. And then I took the second half of the course and my teacher, my mentor, Mason Mills, um, he liked my work. He liked the stop motion video that I did um, called The Great Escape. Because I think every child wonders if their toys come to life <laughs> when they leave Absolutely. the house. <laughs> So that's what my little film was about. And he liked my stop motion film. And he's like, hey, PBS is hiring. I was like, all right, bet. <laughs> and that's pretty much how I ended up at PBS and ended up doing this um, this this career 
it found it found me i i i still look back and i'm like how did i get here but i'm grateful i am here um because I, I couldn't imagine doing anything else like i really love it i love storytelling like i'm i'm being paid to be nosy for a living and uh right because <laughs> that's basically I, i'm just i'm just hella nosy for a living like because you're you know there's a lot of trust interviewing someone and saying hey tell me about this like tough situation you've been through mm-hmm. they're like all right and they have to trust you to edit that together in a way that is authentic to who they are versus you just trying to get like ratings you know what I mean right so um and it's been very inspiring a lot of the stories that I've um done um put things in perspective help me feel like I'm not alone in some of my you know struggles um help me be like you know what child you need to get your life together because this person went through all this stuff and you like hollering because you know they don't have any thin mitts like chill <laughs> you know so uh yeah it's yeah yeah hopefully that answered the question <laughs> yeah no, you did. I, um, I didn't yeah I didn't imagine this at all but that's what I tell people um all the time I feel like uh, whether you are telling documentaries or you're doing narrative film, mm-hmm. I believe that your stories choose you. Like, I'm just a firm mm-hmm. believer in that. Mm-hmm. And one, because I love documentaries. Yes, yes. One of my favorites. So you're like one of the like three people that I have interviewed so far that love documentaries. So I'm hype about that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Man. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to ask you, uh, you said that, you know, you have to pitch your projects um, before you get started. Can you tell those who aren't familiar with like what oh, okay. pitching is and then like what is your process to pitch? Okay, so basically with the pitch, I have to be able to explain what I want to do in one sentence or one liner. If I'm not able to explain all that in one line, then it's a nabra. Can't really do it. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult. It's, it's, it's so difficult because it's, I still, and I still have trouble with it. Sometimes it ends up being like two lines, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to try to condense like a person that's been through, like, how do you like say, how do you condense someone's, you know, life in one sentence, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, so I do a lot of, there's a lot of research involved, um, going online. If I can, if I can find, um, if they have some videos, if they have pictures, um, since Facebook has, was invented (laughs) and Instagram, like I, in the beginning, I was really hesitant about using Facebook and Instagram because I'm thinking like, man, that ain't legit. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? But it has, I've found so many stories and it has made the pitching process a lot easier because I can be like, yo, look at this picture of this person. Like they've been through this, that, and the third. And it gives her a better visual and idea of what I'm trying to do. And, um, and then also with the pitch process, I have to be able to share my angle, which I can't even front. I still have a hard time with finding like, what is going to be my angle? Sometimes I want to be a little open because I'll find when I am interviewing that person they may branch off into something else that might be a little bit more intriguing than what I initially thought I wanted to do Mm -hmm. so um 
Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, um, I was going to say, so have you, because, um, yeah, finding the one liner, that's basically like the equivalent of you doing your log line, even though you have like the ability to have maybe two lines with your log line. So have you had where you pitched a project and you really, really wanted to do it and you didn't get the approval? Have you come across that? Oh, yeah, several occasions. And then I wait a year or two and then I ask again. <laughs> I was going to ask what you ask again. I'm just like, hmm, maybe I didn't say it right. Maybe her mood wasn't good. I mean, real talk sometimes it's just, you know, the person is in the right mood. Um, so there was one, the, which, when's this, okay. The story that I got my Emmy nomination for was one that I had pitched and it was about a woman. She's a tattoo artist in Richmond, Amy Black, and she has a fund called Pink Ink Fund that she raises money to assist uh, breast cancer survivors with mastectomy tattoos. So if they want to get like a realistic nipple tattoo Mm -hmm. or some women, they opted, oh, it's not just women, sorry. And some individuals, they will just opt to get like something really decorative because they find that they initially, like the one woman that I was interviewing, that was her client, um, Susan Kime, she initially was just going to get the realistic nipple tattoo, but then she found that she felt like she was trying to replace something that used to be there and it's not the same. So she decided to get like a nice floral pattern with the key. She got something a lot more elaborate to just kind of celebrate where she had, um, how far she'd come in being a survivor. And when I, when I initially pitched it, which I understand the concern, um, it was because it had to do with, you know, breasts. Mm-hmm. She, um, the producer was concerned that you know it wasn't G the show the show is G rated and things of that nature um, so first year she was just like mm, she was kind of like well actually wait a minute I have to backtrack so the first year the first story I saw it was a woman that was in DC and they were like we don't really do things in DC so she was like no so I just waited and waited and then I asked her again um, I want to say 2016, was that season 25, I think that happened. And, um, and then she had, she was really, um, concerned about it being because it's about breast and stuff like that. She was kind of like, mm, no. So I had to ask the boss that was over the both of us. I didn't really like tell her that I was going to do that, mm-hmm. but I, but I included her in the email to kind of, so she wouldn't feel like I was like, bump you, I'm going to do whatever, you know what I mean? Right. But I really felt strongly about the story. It was just like, it isn't about boobs on TV. <laughs> it's, you know, it's about um, people finding another, people finding, well, let's see. It's about survival. And then I love anything that has to do with arts and healing and ad, ad, uh, I can't say the word, advocacy, things of that nature. So using something that's taboo, like tattoos, as a means to heal, to celebrate something that was a very traumatic situation, life-changing situation. Mm-hmm. So, and I felt that, you know, 
these kids need to learn, you know, people need to learn to stop sexualizing everything about a woman's body, whatever, you know, so, mm-hmm. so I was like, you know, let the boobs be on television, it'll be educational, you know, I don't have kids, but that's kind of how I feel, right. <laughs> you know, like, I feel like it'd be a way for hopefully, you know, a, a dialogue if, a, if, if someone young was like, not understanding what they were seeing, the parent could explain to him, to, to them, this is the situation. Um, so it, everything worked out. Um, and I was able to do that story and that story meant a lot because it, uh, that story meant a lot and that nomination meant a lot because it was, um, 10 years anniversary of me having surgery for my back. And, and I remember that shoot, I was in like, a lot of pain and couldn't really walk (laughs) and I was just like lord let me be able to get up these steps and even do this shoot you know Mm -hmm. but um so being nominated knowing that that particular day was a struggle for me um just physically and then because I kind of had to push a little bit to get what I wanted when normally Mm -hmm. I would have been like okay I'll just you know wait maybe another three years or whatever I went for something that I really felt strongly for. Um, it it just, it was validating. And I kind of felt like, you know, you know, God was like, I see you down there. Here you go. <laughs> a little sprinkle, sprinkle, you know, I see you boo. So it, it meant a, that, that story meant a lot. And it just felt good being able to put that story out. And then if anybody, and then also for anyone who may have been looking for alternatives, after they've had a mastectomy, then they know where they can go to get assistance. Um, was that, uh, they were saying that to get those tattoos and the surgeries are like, not everything is covered um, with insurance and it can be really costly and it's been, you know, really expensive. So yeah, Amy Black, tattoos in Richmond, Pink Ink Fund, <laughs> you know. That's pretty awesome though, like that she does that, like, because of me, she could have just been like, oh, okay, you know how people have ideas and they just like ignore it. So I think that's very um, admirable of her to do that. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, so I know that you love doing like telling people's lot, well, telling their stories, like documenting life. Mm-hmm. So do you have a process? Like, do you storyboard? How do you figure out, because I know, well, I know, and other people who do documentaries, you really can't determine, like, what a person's day is going to look like. Like, you can plan, but then you, like, (laughs) got to finagle it around. Yes. how do you um, prepare? Let's see. Hmm. Do you do any storyboarding? Because I know for me, like, I'll kind of sketch out, not necessarily like in my mind, like I know I want to be able to go to this place and we talk about this or I follow you here. Do you do any of those type of things? Um, do you mean, do I, um, before shooting, do I go? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I'm not really able to. Um, okay. Yeah. So. I do sometimes I will do a pre-interview or a phone interview so mm-hmm. that the person can get uh, comfortable with me. Um, but for the most part, 
I was very just like, I go with the flow. Okay. <laughs> and the one thing I will ask just for lighting purposes, I'll say, hey, just find me a room with a window and we good. Yeah. That's like probably like the one thing that I'm the most, <laughs> the most concerned about is lighting. Yeah. Um, being able to, because most of the time it's in people's homes. So it can be a little challenging putting up a lot of lights. And I've learned how to function with little with yeah my setup is very bare bones I think sometimes people are disappointed when I come in because <laughs> I don't have a lot of lights I have my little lav microphone um I use my GH4 um I try to keep everything pretty much contained I use my little monopod with the feet like I'm very minimalistic uh so that I can also move around fast like if they're if someone is like if I'm doing an artist and a painting and things like that because I don't want to be like hey can you stop and let me right. get that again because I, I don't want to interrupt anybody's flow especially if they've gotten to a point where they're like oh I don't even pay attention to her and they're just like doing them um yeah okay. I, yeah so. that makes sense though um mm-hmm. like if it's like something bigger like with like stuff with Who's Johnny Creative, um, we definitely will go look, do location scouting and we do sit down and um, we will storyboard. I know we'll go and I don't know what the proper term is for it, but like we will go and find like pictures and references and things of that nature to figure out the look and style of a piece that we're working on. Um, one of the, what was the latest thing we shot? Um, I know we did that for the visual to the, to the, which bit, man, I have like 10 projects in my head. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to say too many things at once. Come down. Then. <laughs> okay. For example, for, there's a local, um, MC, it's the concept and he has a song called I Got Soul with, uh, Big Torin, he produced it, and I know that we sat and kind of planned that one out and went online finding references and figured out how we wanted to do lighting and things of that nature. And same for I don't know, you might have saw on the page like some stills from um, mm-hmm. the visual for a segment, or excuse me, the visual for the song Mamela by um, I'm gonna I don't want to pronounce his name wrong, Facetious Five also known as Zachary Hines and the lyricist is Zena Della and for that visual there was a lot of planning for that we're still um have one more shoot day so that actually had a we actually had a script for that one um so depending on the for the more um I guess for the documentary stuff for me it's very like I don't want to say I'm flying by the was it flying by the seat Mm-hmm. Is that the one? I don't want to say that, but it's that's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that's basically that's happening. <laughs> that's really what happened, you know. Um, like I, I have an idea of how I know how I want to shoot things, but I still am just kind of like, all right. I just kind of when I get there, I'm like, oh, I'm like scouting and like editing in my head and things of that nature. And then I'm like, all right, then I'm straight. So yeah, it's a lot of being able to adapt. Right. That's probably just what even if it isn't like documenting work, if it is more scripted or being able to adapt quickly is like a must. Absolutely. Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't, you're going to be scrambling. Yes, 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 definitely. Um, Okay. So 
you mentioned it already, but tell us about Who's Johnny Creative and what role you play. Uh, <laughs> who's Johnny Creative? My brothers. Uh, let's see. Who's Johnny Creative is Lance Williams, Brandon Cooper, and C. Trippigese, and little old me. <laughs> um, I, who's Johnny Creative? We are a brand new company, and we do not just film, but we also do, um, say, we, tr- we want to be like a one-stop shop for businesses. So say, for example, you're, um, you have an event that you're hosting and you want to have, you know, event coverage. So we can shoot that for you. But also you may want to have your logos put on merchandise. We can handle that as well. Um, so we try to be like a, you know, one-stop shop branding situation so that you don't have to think so much of all those little things. Um, if you are say an artist or a company and you know that you're trying to just push out stuff quickly. Um, and we have a branding campaign that we are currently doing as a means to give back and to collaborate um, where I think the latest, one of the, one of the latest businesses that we are, we're currently editing now, but we featured is, um, the original David that's at Sel- Selden Market where we interviewed Vin- excuse me interviewed her to talk about her her company and her business um, so we do commercials we do short films we just finished one for uh, opera artist opera singer Denise Nicole Battle she's an amazing opera singer she's a soprano and we did like a little short video slash film called um, Luis for her. So we just, man, if you're creative and you're just trying to collaborate, you want to do whatever, like we just, we just love, we just love, we just, we just love working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I think we just finished working out with um, Town Center Cold Press um, for their, we did a promo for them for, think on Saturdays they have like a live DJ and stuff like that so we um if it's creative we there we try to do it so as far as you as a um creative what's next for you man what is next for me Mm -hmm. Hmm. are there any like projects that you would like to work on any short films I'm still planning so I can't really say what's here I can't um Right. They're not um what's the word? Confirmed. Okay. Um, but I think the the latest thing that I'm still currently working on is the um visual for Mamela uh, about it's about um the goddess Sekmet Sekmet and her transition to uh Bastet, also known as um Bast, um the feline god that was recently featured in um Black Panther. Okay. But uh, yeah, but we had a uh, we had started doing that before Black Panther came out. So but um but yeah, that's like the latest thing that I'm working on now with um Who's Johnny Creative. But um I think my I guess career goal wise is I really want to do more things that are a little bit more edgier and hard hitting. Um I really want to do things that show mm showcase showcase stories of people of color 
and making sure that I really feel like my major calling um, with this field is making sure that I'm doing my best to preserve our image, you know, mm-hmm. um, in the way that we are portrayed, um, offering a counterbalance to certain imagery, um, not trying to knock, you know, certain, right. You know, because, you know, it, it's life. It is what it is, but just, just not having us just be seen as just this one monolithic thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We're so, I hope I use that word right, but we're so, uh, <laughs> we're so multifaceted. Um, mm-hmm. Our, we're, oh, man, we're just, we're just really, mul- we're very multifaceted. We're not just, um, I feel like for the most part, a big part of our image in media is that of lack mm-hmm. and struggle and ooh, can't get right and all that stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean Absolutely. and it's like we have we are such a resilient and strong people and we have in spite of all of the stuff that's been thrown on us is look at how much we flourish mm-hmm. you know and I just want to I want to celebrate that and showcase that and provide a safe space for us to flex if that makes any sense it does yeah it absolutely does yeah and also to invite people who and and also hopefully hmm, there was a feature i did on evergreen cemetery and the caretaker he was a white gentleman and I'm going to be completely honest. Um, so if I offend anyone in advance, my apologies. This is, I'm, I'm just being completely honest. This was a learning experience for me, though. Um, but, you know, at first I was just kind of like, man, this white dude is here, you know, taking care of, you know, a black cemetery, whatever. You know, he don't care. He don't care. You know what I mean? There's no way he can understand. But through after interviewing him, um, I kind of had to, it helped. I had to check some things about myself um, and not allowing all of my, and not allowing past experiences with non-people of color to mm-hmm. um, just assume that that all of them, you know, are, are just right. like, you know what I'm saying? I, ha- I had to, because um, he said that, I asked him like, what, why did he want to be the caretaker for the cemetery? And he was saying, as the father of black sons I wanted to do something that made them proud I wanted them to I wanted it to be normal to see someone who is white be invested in you know stories of people of color you know and and I was just like wow you know that I didn't think that that really existed you know mm-hmm. um and then also with um and there was the same a similar sentiment with um she I don't she'd be an awesome woman to interview. Um, Anjoli Moon, um, she's does Africana Film Fest in Richmond. And um, she, and, and with her interview, she had the same sentiment of like wanting to, you know, do a lot of these creative film events, but they were in a lot of white spaces. And she was just really nervous about asking um, white folks, yo, can we host this stuff in your space? Mm-hmm. And she, and she found that they were, just like yeah sure 
you know, so that whole thing of just being apprehensive. And I, some, and I still sometimes have that, like going to a, a gallery or a space or somewhere, because I am used to like being the only one in a lot of situations. And sometimes I'm like, well, I don't, I don't, I, I'll not want to go because I just don't want to be the only one there. But it doesn't help the situation if, if it's not common to see us peppered in there. You know what I'm saying? Right. So um, I really want to create a, a space for, you know, us to feel like we can really tell our stories authentically where we can be ratchet and be like, ow, and then, you know, be what, you know, because that, that's a, that's a beautiful part of who we are. We are very, you know, flavorful, colorful, you know, man, we're just, you know. We're layered. We're, thank you. We are so, we're so layered. Mm-hmm. And, and I want us to feel, I want to create a space where all the layers are celebrated and not just a particular one because that's what's um, normal in this particular workplace and this, that, and the third. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that can be very mentally draining. Yes, it can. <laughs> yeah. Yes, so, um, it can. Yeah. Um, as I was listening to um, Akima and just, did I pronounce her name right? Akima Moore. The, the interview you did with Akima Moore. Yes. And it was just like, it's, uh, it was like, like, man, it just makes me wonder, is that really, is, is that experience just common with every black person and I almost feel like if we asked them all they'd be like yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean right yeah so um creating a space for that and then also with with that for um people who aren't persons of color so they won't just assume that because it's all black this and that that they aren't welcome to you know mm-hmm. enjoy and partake because I mean we we have to be able to understand each other absolutely yeah, so, so yeah, Wakanda forever. <laughs> that, you know what I mean? It's, you know, that's 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 kind of like that. That is, I think that's my major goal with as I move forward. I just I'm, I want to make sure that, um, with the fun things, I just want to make sure I'm representing us very well. Yeah, you know? I did so. Yeah. So, I always do my last two final questions. Okay. What are you watching right now? And what are you reading right now? (laughs) (laughs) What am I watching? Well, the last thing I just watched was um, End of the Effing World. I'm not sure how, if you can use explicatives um, (laughs) on here. It was on Netflix. Um, And that was pretty interesting about a young man who trying to figure out how he wanted to murder someone it was pretty cool it was a really good it was it was good I really enjoyed that um and the book that I'm read it's more of a book that I'm sipping on I kind mm-hmm. of go to that when I'm uh need some guidance it's the I Ching actually um the artist that I, that I mentioned earlier Zach Zachary Hines he introduced the I Ching to me and it's a book that the emperors would use, Chinese emperors would use to get guidance on how to move forward um, as they ruled. So sometimes I would use that when I'm meditating, like if I found myself um, in a particular spot, like I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So I'll be still, I'll be like, all right, what chapter, what, what, 
what word do you have for me to help me kind of move like a boss in this situation? Mm -hmm. I'll pray and I'll be still. And then I'll kind of like, I'll thumb through the pages until I feel like I need to stop. And so far it's been like really (laughs) accurate and in whatever situations that I'm um, seeking guidance in. But um, that's what I've, that's the last thing I watched and the last thing that I've, um, I've read. Okay. It's so interesting. Like, being able to ask everybody who has been on the show, like what they're watching, what they're reading, it's just such a wide variety. Like, it's just so crazy to me. I mean, in a good way. Because I love books. And it's just like, I think this whole time, I've never had any duplicates and they've all been books. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, Hmm. might have to check that out. So what are are you watching and what are you reading? Oh, that's so funny. I usually don't have anybody ask me. Um, (laughs) So what I'm watching, I have been binge watching Shameless. Ah, okay. (laughs) I love it. It's so bad. Like I'm so hooked on it. It's ridiculous. It's like (laughs) I kind of gave up um, reality TV shows because it's just like, okay, whatever. Um, yeah, I find them like insulting. I'm just like, come on now, like, right? But I feel like Shameless is like my scripted reality show because I'm like, y'all can't get any worse. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what are you doing? So yeah, that's what I've been binging right now, and I'm reading like um like so many books. But the one the the one that's closest to me right now, and I'm gonna skim through it tonight is um. Ego is the Enemy. It's by Ryan mm. Holiday. So far, what I've read is very good. Okay. Yeah. Um, talking about binge watching, like, I just finished binge- binging on Living Single. And I, I, I started yeah. watching some of that again the other night, and I'm just like, yo, this was so good then. Yes, I'm just like, now. if this was now, they would have won so many awards. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like, just the writing, like, the way that they just interacted with each other, Max yes. and Shaw, I was just like, oh, my God. Like, yes, she, like, watching her, her and Whoopi Goldberg were probably the two um, closest representations of um, Black women that I felt I resonated with the most mm-hmm. um, growing up. Because they were just different. Like, with Whoopi, you know, she's... You know, she got nice brown brown skin. She wore the dreads. Mm-hmm. And it was just so different than what I had seen when I was growing up. It was mainly, you know, the perm situation, you know, relaxed and all that. Mm-hmm. So seeing her and, and seeing Maxine Shaw with that bob, I was just like. Her bob was popping. Her bob was everything. <laughs> and she was just so assertive. And she was so, like. She definitely was. She so was herself. Like, um, man, the actress uh, Erica Alexander, I think that's her name. Like, I think so. I just was like, she should have won. Like, maybe she did, and I just haven't done my research. But I'm just like, all the awards. Like, that character, I could that It just, man, that yeah. show was just dope all the way. And all the stars that went through it. Like, yeah, that was just, like, a great show. Like, I wish it was on now. They need to reboot that. They do. <laughs> like, they're rebooting everything now. How do you feel about all the reboots? That's what I would like to know. Like, someone's asking those who are, like, writers, this is what they do. Like, how do they like feel it. about these reboots? 
I don't like it. Because I feel like this, like, uh, okay, let me see how to say this the nicest way. <laughs> I think that for me personally, it's like, okay, the way we feel about living single or even the way I feel about, um, oh, what's another show that I really liked? Um, gosh, I can't, Martin. Oh, yeah. Mm. Or even like The Fresh Prince. Like, I loved all of that. Mm. So it's like, mm-hmm. I feel like those were magical moments. And I feel like you can't recreate mm-hmm. those magical moments. And so for us, like, it would be different for people who are like, didn't grow up watching that. And then you get the mm-hmm. reboot. So they have their, like, you're going to get your own, like, perspective because it's individual. But we have this perspective and expectation of these magical moments for you to now recreate these magical moments. And I think a lot of times it's just hard to do that because one, like your cast is older. So mm-hmm. it's just not realistic. Like, what are we talking about? Unless you, you know, like kind of do a spinoff. Yeah. Um, and then for me, I just wish that we would give, and this is me as a writer speaking, we would mm-hmm. give effort to just create something else because we're like creatives. You have things like, that's the thing that disappoints me. I feel like we are creative and we're writers, directors, whatever. And it's like, create something new. Like Mm -hmm. you can be inspired by this. Like, Hey, Mm -hmm. I want to have another sitcom because I do think that sitcoms are missing because we had so many growing up. True. So it's like, just create a new sitcom because like you've seen it and um, what's the new sitcom that's out that I like? Uh, Insecure. Like uh, it's its yeah. own individual show, but it still feels like to me a sitcom. Like I can sit down. I want to follow these characters. I want to know what's going on with them. And mm-hmm. back in the day, we just had a lineup. Like on Friday night, I knew mm-hmm. what I was going to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's what missing, what's missing to me. So to me, that's where the disappointment comes in. Because to me, it's just like, create something new. You don't have to do a reboot. Because in my opinion, I've never seen a reboot that matched the first time. Just my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Sometimes I wonder because uh, the sitcom was something that was just so like network television. Mm-hmm. And I think the palette of the people is changing where they do want things are a little bit more richer mm-hmm. and a little bit more edgier. Um, and I feel like you can get that type of content. I think it's a beautiful thing about Netflix. Yes. Because we have some great, right. great writing. And it's like, they don't have to worry about, well, we need to make sure that we can sell this, you know, mm-hmm. frosted flakes during the show. So you might not be able to say this particular word or talk about this particular topic. So. Yeah. How do you like? How do you feel about that? Um, just the avenue of being able to have Netflix and how it is kind of changing where the content, that richer content, goes. Like, I do think. You, do you feel that the part of me feels like with network television because they have that mechanism of we have to be able to sell time, we have mm-hmm. to be able to sell these commercials. It is stifling. Like where they could be cookie cutter and safe back in the day, I feel like they can't do it now. And I really feel like never TV is kind of, I don't know, just dire or not or what. But I think, but you know what? I think that you can because you know who I think does an awesome job with that? It's two shows um, and they're on network television. 
This um, is us. Is that one of them? Yes. Yeah. That, yeah. They are. Yeah. You're right. This you're is right. us and Blackish. I think they. Oh really yeah. Do a great you're job right. of that. You're right. So I feel like to me, it can be done, but it requires you to one like. For me, the reason why I think they're successful is because they have like so gotten down pat the human connection. Like, Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. that's what TV needs. Like, you need human connection. Like, this is us. You feel like that's your family. And your family might not have any type of those things going on, but you (laughs) you're invested in all of right. You're invested in everyone, and the same thing with black is just like wait a minute. Okay, this is my family. I know that they're going to give me like um, a lesson, but it's going to be funny and like Mm -hmm. it's going to be also about what's happening right now today, which is pretty brave because I mean they really. They yeah. they push yeah. the envelope. <laughs> yes, they do, and that's. I'm just I'm amazed that they've made it. Not because I'm 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 amazed they've made it this far. Not because a lack of like um good writing, but just because the topics where it is like mm-hmm. saying like, wait a minute, this is why this is. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm gonna need for you to you know come from how the little cave you in. This is why we feel this way. Mm-hmm. Address it so we can heal. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So, yeah, I feel you on those two shows. Yeah. So I think it could be done. It's just like, you know, I hope that as creatives and as writers that we just, we don't give up and we don't look at the lack of opportunity. Because I think that's Mm -hmm. another thing. Like, we don't have opportunity because Mm -hmm. what happens is they it's like recycling the same like storyline. No, try like new writers. It's okay. Yeah. Just try new writers. <laughs> like it really is okay. So I think it's just that. <laughs> just not missing the opportunity because like I look at, you know, they look at, like you said, they got to sell space and time and be able mm-hmm. to, but then it's like, you took a risk with, in your eyes, um, Atlanta, you know, mm. you took a risk with Blackish and like look at how it's, you know, it's handling its own. So I think it's just like green lighting those things that you have not seen before and being okay with taking a risk. So that's just how I feel about it. I, I can agree with that, especially um, thinking about um, uh, Donald Glover. Like he definitely was someone who just kind of made his own lane. Mm-hmm. Even with like, yeah, even like Issa, like starting off with um, mm-hmm. uh, her web series. Her web series, like I was just like, yes, I'm awkward. Like I know I pretend to rap in the bathroom. Like it was just like <laughs> it. It was like it was just refreshing to see that other um, representation of you know black females. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know, because we're out there, awkward black girls. Yes. I'm <laughs> extremely <laughs> awkward. <laughs> so it was just like, okay. Like it, it was nice seeing that and then seeing her um in um in contrast to her best friend who was like, you know, mm-hmm. the lawyer. Super, you know, lawyer yeah, together. Yeah. To, yeah, together, you know, lace fronts on point. Mm-hmm. Beside, you know, the quirky, nerdy national sister, you know, she still got her, you know, she's still getting it together and things like that as well and they're not like clashing 
Mm-hmm. You know, it isn't like, oh, you over here, you just, right. you know, I can't hang with you, you know, oh, you over here, you're weird with your natural hair, you know what I'm saying, all that weird mm-hmm. stuff. So it, it was, it was nice seeing that, because I, I can, I feel like growing up, it seemed like you either had to be this type of black woman or that type of black woman. For, that was my, that was my experience when I was growing up with what I saw, mm-hmm. you know, so it was, it was just nice seeing the two those two sides just be like oh yeah we cool you know yeah yeah i agree yeah so i think it's possible they just have to <laughs> they just have to try yeah <laughs> just have to try so let everyone know how they can connect with you your social media keep in touch oh my <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm so bad at promoting myself okay so um man what is my I'm on I'm on the gram, um, digital fruit snacks, and um, I'm on Vimeo as well, um, Vimeo.com/slash/digital fruit snacks. I'm still working on my website, so but that will when it's up, that'll be digital fruit snacks.com. That's like that's the name of my my company, my business. Okay. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show. See, that wasn't hard. It wasn't pain. <laughs> like, man, I'm just like, man, she's going to be like, what in the world? When you're like going back here editing, I'm just like, ugh. So I feel like I just rambled. <laughs> it's <honestly>. okay. It <laughs> is okay. We're over here just sharing, trying to make sure that people out here are living their filmmaking dreams and not yes. sleeping on them. Oh, yes, please say that. So y'all know the drill. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Go handle your business. Make sure that you're out there putting in the work. And you know that you can follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, at The Creative Outsiders with an S. You can also visit our website to check out show notes. Also leave feedback, comments. If you have any questions, let us know. And you know that you can follow me on my social media. It's Siobhan underscore Adrian. And y'all already know I said, don't judge me because all those pictures are usually of my nephew. Whatever. He's cute. (laughs) So until next time, take care.